Welcome to the Tide Talk Podcast. And now a word from our sponsors. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. As usual, it's me, Stacy Blackwood, and Jake. Jake, how's it going? Man, I am excited uh, to be back. Uh, not going to be able to do uh, live on YouTube this week, but it's all right. We're still going to bring an episode to you guys, so uh, I'm excited for yeah, it. Yeah, uh, like you said, we uh, we couldn't get together to, uh, to record a, a video of the podcast as well, but we will try to get the audio uploaded to YouTube and also to mm-hmm. Facebook. But like always, you can you can get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, the Anchor app, Podbean, just about any kind of way you can podcast, you can find us. So, uh, oh, yeah, there's plenty of avenues to uh, to be able to listen to the show. But uh, yeah, today we got the uh, the top five offensive linemen of the uh, Nick Saban era. So this will be the last group on the offensive side of the ball, and then we're going to have to move on to the defensive side because uh, football's almost here. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. start practice in less than a month, so uh, we got to get busy. Yeah, we do. And next week is uh, is obviously SEC Media Days, so uh, we look forward to talking about that as well. And speaking of that, the, the three representatives for Alabama is uh, Jerry Judy, Tua Tonga Valoa and Dylan Moses. So I'm glad to see Dylan get the invite. That that proves to me in my mm-hmm. mind that he is uh he's stepping up in his leadership role, which is a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Alabama are they on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting to uh, cover. We may have to wait till probably Thursday or Friday to do one next week. That way we can cover it a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that'll be the plan for next week. But for now, uh, why don't you uh, give us number five on your list for the top five offensive linemen of the Nick Saban era? Uh, uh, Man, uh, you know, like any category that we've done, it's, you know, there's a lot of players that just gets left off. You know, it's in the honorable mentions, you know. But um, I got a surprise at number five, and we're going to have to go way back. You know, I kind of did this – back with a wide receiver with DJ Hall, but we also had an offensive lineman, Andre Smith. I mean, that cat was uh, awesome in a, in a tied uniform. Um, you know, he was uh, listed as the number one offensive lineman uh, by rivals and scout coming out. And, um, you know, his um, his playing, playing career, man, at Alabama was awesome. Uh, he was an All-American in 2008 and was the Outland Trophy winner and uh, and the – that was in yeah 2008, and he led the team with uh, 103 uh, key knockdowns and added even seven blocks downfield. So, uh, and he only was penalized just twice, and he allowed just one QB sacks and six pressures on 334 passing plays. That cat right there was was awesome. One of my um, favorite memories of him was I think it was in a Vanderbilt game. And we did like a little wide receiver screen, and he come out to block, and he just absolutely plowed over the poor cornerback during that game. I would never forget it. I mean, he just laid him out, and just kept going downfield blocking. Yeah, you know Andre Smith. He was he was you know one of the first big time recruits. He obviously signed with Sheila, but uh, he uh, mm. I think he was like the number one overall player in the country or number two. So he was you know he was a big time player coming out of high school and. 
and uh, yes. he played really well at Alabama. Then he went on and had a really good career with the Bengals. And his, uh, his, his uh, NFL career has been hammered with injuries, but but, you know, but he, he had he had he had several good seasons in the NFL. Though. He did. I, I went I went way back on uh, uh for my uh number five too and uh he's a guy that, that that moved around a little bit on the offensive line in Nick Saban's first couple of years and that's that's Antoine Caldwell. And, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, he uh he obviously played center and guard at Alabama and uh you know, his uh, senior year he was a consensus first team all American and uh, went on to be a third round pick of the uh of the Houston Texans. And uh, had a really good NFL career for about three or four years, and then he started getting injury injured, and you know then he couldn't he couldn't maintain his uh, you know the kind of player that. But he was a really yeah. solid player. You know when you got guys that can play multiple positions on the offensive line, you know it can get you out of tough spots if you have injuries or you know Definitely. you got you got to move somebody around. And uh, you know he was a guy that I, I believe he started out at guard, and then his uh, I believe his. I know his senior season he played center, and I can't remember if the junior season he played center or not. If he was still a guard, but either right. way, you know he he was he was re- he was really that first guy that that, that was a kind of do it all on the offensive line. So I had to give him a little respect. Obviously, Andre Smith could have been put on this as well. And, and like Jake said, there's so many guys that yeah. you know we had to leave off. But you know it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. It's sad to leave them off, but. I mean, just to find five of the best players on the statement, it you know, on that offensive line, it's it's hard to do. Right. Right. So uh who you got at number four? Uh I got another big big man, uh DJ Fluker. Uh that dude, uh and he was I don't know what his size was, you know, when he was playing in college. I know he was big, but as of now he is six six five and three hundred and forty two pounds. I mean, he is he is a big old boy and uh and another one of these uh, great guys that played on Saban, uh, Mike Johnson, um, he uh, he said, uh, it's talking about uh, DJ Fluker, the kid's a freak athlete. He probably outweighs me by 70 pounds. Yeah, um, you know, DJ Fluker, he was also an All-American. He, uh, you know, he won a couple of national championships at Alabama. Uh, he graded out as a 98.6% on blocking assignments while he was at uh, – uh, Alabama. So, I mean, he was just a freak athlete as well and, a, and an awesome guy to uh, to be around, uh, according to what people have said. Yeah, he he was one of those guys who always had a big smile on his face. And, you know, he played hard. And, and like you said, he was just a massive dude. Yeah. And, uh, but he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I have him on my list. He's not at number four. The guy I have at number four is Ryan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he played center at Alabama and was, you know, I think he started three years at Alabama at center. Yeah. And he was, uh, you know, he was just one of them steady guys that you could count on. Uh, he was a two-time national champion as well. And uh, obviously he's uh, he's having a – he was taken in the first round, which is rare for a center in, in the 2016 draft by the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think that he, he might be the, the, the top center in the National Football League. So uh, – yeah. You know, he's he's one of them talented guys, and, you know, he was a stable for a couple of years on that offensive line, and uh, so I had to include him on the list. Yeah, he's a, he's a good pick as well, man. So, who you got number three? Uh, I got a guy um, named uh, Chance Wormack. I got him at number three. Um, you know, he come in, uh, and he was he was a um, 
a backup to uh, Barry Jones uh, for his true freshman year. And he got to play in five games. And then, of course, he went on to replace Mike Johnson, I said earlier, uh, at left guard. He he uh, started and he, he did uh, – he opened up all the 13 contests at left guard that year. But uh, he also won uh, a national championship. Um, and um, he um, – you know, he had uh, multiple good years at Alabama as well, and um, he won uh, three national championships under Saban uh, in four years. So that's a high praise for him as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was a spectacular player, and uh, I have him I have him on my list as well. And I I'm, I'm a, I was mistaken when I said I had DJ Fluker. He was on my you know honorable mention. He did not make the list. And actually, I have I have Chance Warmack. At uh at number three as well, and and for all the reasons that Jake just mentioned, he was just yeah. a really really good player. Somebody you could always count on was a hole making machine for the running game back in the, back in the heyday of of the Alabama run game. Yes, but uh, who you got at number two? Man, to me, um, number two and number one to me was was the hardest. Um, because both of these, both of my my last two were really great players at Alabama, but uh, I went with Barrett Jones. Um, I mean, you talk about versatility. You know, he, I think he played a little bit of guard, center. I think he played tackle as well. I mean, he just played nearly every position on the offensive line while he was at Alabama. And uh, you talking about a fiery guy. I remember in, um, I think it was. Uh, is it a national championship game or the game against Oklahoma maybe where they both got into it? And, uh, I mean, they're both fierce competitors. And, uh, I mean, what he did at Alabama was, was absolutely awesome. And uh, he uh, was, was interested and was dad uh, played for the Crimson Tide men's basketball team. So, he had some Alabama. So, it's, uh, it's interesting to see that as well. Yeah. Barrett Jones is uh... – and uh, I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk about him for a minute because he he's number one on my list. I have Jonah Williams at number two, and uh, I went with Jonah Williams at two because he didn't have quite the longevity of, of Barrett Jones, and or the versatility of Barrett Jones. Now I think in the pros Jonah will play probably both guard and tackle, but at Alabama he was the left tackle, and uh, you know in his freshman year he was the right tackle, but. You know, his last two seasons, he was a left tackle and uh, just somebody you could depend on. You know, that's when you talk about offensive linemen, you got to have guys that you can depend on. You know, guys that can stay healthy or play through injuries and, and still perform at a high level. And that, that's what Jonah Williams was. And, definitely. and uh, he he was definitely, uh, and obviously, I hate that he's going to miss his rookie season with the Bengals. Uh, he suffered an injury uh, in voluntary workout, so he's out for the whole season. So I hate that, but uh, he, I think he'll have a really good pro career. He uh, he might have to kick inside to guard, depending on you know kind of the players that are around him on on the Bengals. But uh, I do think he can play tackle. But he, he was a, he was a really good tackle for Alabama. Oh man, he was absolutely awesome. So you kind of already know who I have at number one, but who do you have at number one? I actually have a guy you uh, had at number three. I got Ryan Kelly and. Uh, the reason I picked him, you know, he was there, like you said, three seasons. But uh, but one of the things that, that I loved about him, uh, his junior year, uh, he he missed just seven assignments and 806 snaps, and that's a 99.1% success rate and did not allow a quarterback sack. 
uh, and then his senior year, um, he uh, only missed eight assignments and 100, uh, 1,012 snaps with a 99.2% uh, percentage. And uh, he was only – he only uh, committed one penalty in those snaps and with no holding calls. I mean, you talk about a guy who, who has a, a level head on his shoulders and uh, you talk about his uh, his NFL career. Like you said, he may be the best center in the league right now. And uh, and that dude, he was just amazing. Good good sport, sportsmanship, good good guy to be around. And uh, I, that's why I went with him at number uh, you know, like I said, I have Barrett Jones number one, and and it's mainly because of his versatility. When he was in college, he played guard, center, and tackle. Yeah, and he played all of them really, really well. Yeah, and uh, you know, like he said, he was a fiery competitor. You know, him and AJ had a little shoving match in the in the Notre Dame national championship game, and, and that was kind of that was kind of funny. But uh, yeah. you know, they just he was just one of those guys that. You know, he was just going to do whatever it took to win. And, and you know, he if that meant playing guard, he'd play guard. If that meant playing tackle, he'd play tackle. And if it yeah. meant playing center, he'd play center. And, you yeah. know, he, like I said, he'd done all of them really well. You know, he he played a couple of years in the NFL, but, you know, it wasn't really his he, – he's not the most athletic guy, but he was just one of those steady guys in college that you could rely on. And, you know, this is a list based on college guys. And, yeah. And he – uh. He, 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 to me, he's the best offensive lineman we've, we've had at Alabama. If we could have a few more Barrett Jones, that, that'd be nice. I ain't no kidding. Especially this year, you know, we gotta, we gotta, uh, protect Tua. You know, we know about his injury situation. So, uh, with that need. So we, we need to keep him, uh, healthy this year. And, uh, and I expect some guys to step up on that, uh, offensive line. And, uh, I think they will. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what the offensive line can do this, this, this fall. And kind of what's pieced together on the line, uh, and it'll be something to watch when fall camp rolls around here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and and I uh, I'm glad that we got Kyle Flood as a uh, offensive line coach. I mean he's he's gonna be awesome for them guys. Yeah, we talked about that when he, when he was first hired about how we were excited about him and mm-hmm. kind of the old school mentality and kind of bringing back that you know gritty personality on the offensive line. So I, I hope that'll come to. Uh, uh, you know, and to play this fall and, and the guys, we can kind of get back to that old school Alabama offensive line, you know, where we just maul people. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I like. I, I mean, I, I like the passing game and I like to throwing it around the yard, but I like, you know, when you got to run the ball, you, you can run it because you've got offensive linemen that are opening up holes and, you know, running backs that are making plays. Right. And they always say the run game opened up the pass game. So, uh, we get that run game going early, you know, too, we'll have, have them fast receivers wide open uh, behind the defense. So, that's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, we look forward to it. Uh, like we said, we'll be back uh, probably towards the end of next week after Alabama uh, is at media day. So, uh, we'll, we'll be covering that. And uh, we'll also break down uh, probably the defensive line next week, uh, the top five defensive linemen of the Nick Saban era. And we might even go ahead and just do all the defense next week so we can start preparing for fall practice and kind of what's happening uh, as the season rolls around. Because mm-hmm. it's not far. No, it's right around the corner. So, uh, with that, uh, make sure you uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Tide Talk underscore pod and use the hashtag Tide Talk. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, 
like our Facebook page, follow me on Twitter at Blackwood89. And I'm at Jay Thomas Tide. Yeah, so make sure you, you do all that. Follow us, subscribe, comment, like, retweet. Do whatever you can do. We appreciate all the support, and uh, we'll talk to you all next time. See you all. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.